0: up everybody welcome back to the seven figure flipping podcast this is bill allen i just got off of the most amazing podcast interview with jen bodding she's an insurance expert for health insurance for you guys and wow like i learned so much you guys are in for a massive treat so uh, we talked about uh, if you're leaving your w2 to go into entrepreneurship into business ownership if you're a business owner now if you have employees like Navigating the uh, world of the marketplace and all of these different things that are happening right now, and uh, very timely as the marketplace closes on typically on December fifteenth, but it's got extended to January fifteenth. So she gave so many tips about health insurance that made me, uh, I don't know, just not be so scared of it, so concerned of it, and gave us a ton of resources. So this is going to be a show that you can't miss. So stick around, and Jen Botting and I are going to be talking in just a few minutes on we are seven figure flipping and this podcast is our playbook. I am really excited about today's show. We are talking about insurance and I know don't flip off the podcast and go to the next show. This is something that you need like every single entrepreneur out there, everybody inside of our mastermind groups, everybody on my email list, all of you that listen to the podcast, you're probably like, "Oh my gosh, like I I want to leave my W2 job, but I don't know how to get insurance. Uh, This is probably like the major pain point of all of us, especially entrepreneurs or people transitioning from full-time jobs to uh, entrepreneurship. How are you going to insure yourself, your family, your kids? Maybe you have somebody like we do with special needs, has a million-dollar medical bill. And one of my big things, like honestly, this is a really selfish podcast for me, is I have some questions for her too. So um, one of our mastermind members, Arthur Bodding, he uh, connected me with his sister-in-law. And you guys are going to have the pleasure of uh, listening to me and Jen Bodding talk about insurance for the next little bit. So um, Jen, thank you so much for doing this. I'm really excited to talk to you. And uh, just from like talking for a few minutes pre-show, I know that there's probably not anybody out there that could answer questions at the level that you can. So I'm really excited about this. Thanks for coming.
1: Sure. Absolutely. Thank you for having me.
0: If you could just take a minute to tell everybody who you are, your background, stuff like that, to give some context before we just jump into like rapid fire insurance questions that I have.
1: Sure, absolutely. Um, So like you said, I'm Arthur's sister-in-law and I have been doing insurance, health insurance, specializing in health insurance and pharmacy benefit management. But I've been doing this for 22 years. And prior to that, I was in the Navy. Um, I worked in public affairs for the Navy. So we didn't talk about that before the call. And, um, that's, uh, you know, I, I love helping people. Uh, I'm not your typical insurance consultant where it's, you know, let me give you the lowest price and it's on the spreadsheet and go with me because I'm the cheapest. I feel like I'm a true partner in helping people make insurance decisions. Uh, insurance is very circumstantial and it depends on what your needs are financially, what your needs are from plan design perspective and what your needs are medically. So that's really, um, that's why I enjoy what I do, because I don't treat it as a transaction. I treat it as a partnership.
0: Mm. So uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask a question about the Navy real quick. How long were you in public affairs? Were you a public affairs officer? What did you do? Uh,
1: no, I was actually in public affairs for two years um, in San Diego. I used to be, prior to being married to Arthur's brother, I was married to a Navy SEAL. So I was stationed in San Diego. And I got out of the military early when Clinton was downsizing because we, uh, I was having my daughter. So I had my oldest daughter.
0: Nice. Well, I was in the Navy in San Diego too. Maybe we'll, after the show, we'll talk about that in more detail. You know, sure. you said something in the beginning Absolutely. you said, you said a true partner. Um, what, what do you mean by that? It sounded it's like you might've been like uh, throwing some of the other people under the bus or something like, uh, is, is a typical, like, what does that mean? Like, uh, and I, I know I want to work with somebody who has my best interest at heart. Um, Is that not the case with all the providers? They're not all equal?
1: So when I say a true partner, uh, the best way to describe that is some insurance agents, and not all, because there's a lot of really good insurance consultants out there. Um, When I say a true partner, most people just say, here are the quotes, take a look, let me know which one you want. I actually have a discussion with my clients and I want to know what their needs are. Like I said, everything's circumstantial. So what are your needs? What are you looking for? What are your medical needs? What's your financial, you know, your financial situation? I have some clients that say, I want the best plan possible out there. I want to pay for the best plan for my employees. I want to have recruitment. I want to have retention. And then I go and I I look through all the options that are available to them. And then we discuss, the pros and the cons of, of, of doing something like that. Cause that can be very expensive. I have clients that say, I just want to have the cheapest possible plan out there. And then I talk through, well, the cheapest possible plan out there might not be the best plan for you for the, for X amount of reasons, because the cheapest possible plan out there has a $10,000 deductible and a $20,000 max out of pocket. That's a lot of money. In addition to the, the, the high cost of healthcare that's out there today.
0: Hmm. Okay. Let's start. That makes sense. Let's start with, I think the majority of our listeners probably have a full-time job. They either want to get started in real estate or are dabbling in real estate right now, and they want to go full-time. So if we could like, and, but in one of the concerns, one of the big concerns that I get all the time in our runway program, those are like early investors. like, I want to leave my W2 job, but I don't know what my, like how to do that for medical benefits the other thing i think this will help this conversation is for those that are hiring people a lot of times they're leaving a job that has medical benefits and coming into a small like type organization that doesn't have them so i get those questions a lot from those folks too and to figure out how number one i can navigate it for myself potentially and how i can help somebody else navigate how, what's that like like um maybe you can i think there's a lot of um fear that's wrapped around that, maybe you can help us kind of just with an outline of what it might look like for them and what their options are uh, if they left their full-time job. Right.
1: Absolutely. So, the Wall Street Journal just recently published an article about how there are so many employees that are leaving their full time jobs and they're all going and opening up their own companies. And health insurance is uh, how much money are they going to make and are they going to be able to have health insurance? Those are the two biggest concerns, whether you're on your own or whether you're in a, an employer that offers coverage. Health insurance is the second biggest cost next to payroll. So, with that said, you have, um, you know, you have an option of going on COBRA, which COBRA can be very, very expensive. I know that your group is national, so there are individual plans, not only in the marketplace, which can be expensive and not have that great of plans depending on which state you're in. I know that uh, California, New York, Maryland, most of those states don't allow you to um, have an individual plan on your own. You must go through the marketplace. So I could take a look at, um, you know, where where everyone's located or help them on an individual basis um, later. So the question that you asked me was, how do all of your members in your group, what can they do if they want to leave their jobs? And uh, there was an article in the Wall Street Journal that referenced um, there's a lot of employees that are leaving their jobs and they want to go out on their own. They are very concerned with uh, what is healthcare, is healthcare going to be available to me? and how much is that healthcare gonna cost? It really depends on, if you're going out to get individual coverage, individual coverage is going to depend on how old you are, um, how much, uh, what kind of plan you wanna have, if you want a rich plan, if you just wanna plan so you can have catastrophic coverage, but there are options available to them. So there's individual plans available to them, state-specific individual plans, because each, each individual plan follows state regulations. So it's not like there is one big blanket uh, plan that can happen for everyone. Except for um, if your group ever wanted to look at putting together a a group arrangement, um, there are options through association plans and there are options through a, um, a professional employer organization, a PEO plan. And so those are things that we look at when we have groups like yours that say, hey, there's a whole bunch of us here and we're all kind of flopping around and we don't really have coverage and we're tired of paying for individual plans. So that's something that we also uh, help clients with as well. We help them put together, uh, it's not necessarily a group plan, but it's a plan that everyone has access to and they're written on a, on a group, uh, individual basis or company by company basis. However, it's, uh, you're getting a discount because you're all grouped together.
0: Is that why you came on the show to talk to me about that? Because that sounds amazing. Like I, I we're definitely going to have a conversation about that for the mastermind group, because I think that would be hugely beneficial to our mastermind members. Like, uh, oh my gosh. Okay. You just gave me an idea and we're going to have to have another call to talk about this. Uh, the, sure. the, you mentioned something called Cobra. And so I am like, I have no idea about this world. So what is that?
1: Okay. So anyone right now who works for an employer and COBRA is federally mandated, anyone who has an employer and they leave their employer, they're entitled to enroll in COBRA. So they can continue their COBRA or their their health insurance coverage for 18 months. There's 2% added on to the premium. So you have to take into consideration if the rate is $500 for employee only. And your employer is paying half of that, you are going to have to pay the full premium amount. There is no employer subsidy in in that situation. And then there's a 2% fee that's added to that. So, but that there is an option there. So, anyone that's in your group shouldn't think that they're going to leave their job and they don't, then they're completely bare with health insurance. Their employer has to send them a letter within a certain timeframe to offer them COBRA coverage.
0: I had no idea that was a thing like that that right there, Mm -hmm. that little tip, I think for, and and maybe I'm the only one and everybody else out there is like, yeah, Bill, you're an idiot. Everybody knows about that. I had no idea that was a thing. 18 months. That's insane. So, um, okay. Uh, wow. Okay. I, I have like tons of questions on that. Um, is that, is that typically like, man, recommended, I would think that that would be a good thing. You mentioned that they might not want to do that. Like, why would they want to do that? And why wouldn't they want to do that?
1: So I'm going to use myself as a personal example here. So um, I've been doing this for 22 years. And for the first 12, I worked for a company where I was a W-2 employee. And when I left, I did Cobra. And my Cobra premium was $1,800 a month to cover my family. The company that I went to that I work at now, IOA, I'm considered a 1099. So I work under the IOA umbrella, but I'm a 1099. So I pay for all my expenses. I have to pay for my health insurance, which is totally fine because I can be an entrepreneur and I can be my own boss. So I started looking around at individual policies and I contacted uh, someone, this is before we had resources within IOA that can help us with individual coverages. And I contacted uh, one of my friends in the business who sells individual plans, and she got me a Blue Cross Blue Shield quote that had a beautiful plan design, a $500 deductible. Now, this was pre-healthcare reform plans, so it was something called a grandfathered plan. And my premium was only $850 to cover my entire family. So if I'm paying the full cost anyway, I did a comparison, and I looked at Okay, I'm paying COBRA. What does my plan look like under COBRA? These are the benefits I can get on an individual plan. And so I went to the individual plan. I've been on an individual plan until the last year when my husband's restaurant, uh, as a small business owner, uh, they started offering health insurance a year ago. So we put together a health insurance plan for all of those employees. Hmm.
0: Okay, awesome. So... What's the what's the first step for somebody? Like, all this stuff can be really confusing. You also mentioned um, like the, going in the I, as the open market. What is it called? It's called the mar. Uh, so
1: the, it's marketplace. the marketplace. And it's, and it's also referred to as Obamacare or the insurance marketplace. And there are certain states, and they're primarily blue states. Um, not I'm not being political at all, but this is a fact. The states that are blue states are primarily, they want everyone to go through the marketplace to access plans. And so it's very difficult for them to... Get um, an individual plan without going through the limited plans that are offered in the marketplace. And so, when I say limited plans, marketplace over the years, there when it first came out, there were a lot of carriers that they, everybody was jumping on board. Right? We're going to go into the marketplace and we're going to offer individual plans. So when Obamacare first passed, you had a lot of options. Well, now all of the big carriers are pulling out: the Bucas, the Blue Cross, the Uniteds, the Signas, the Etnas. They're all pulling out of of the individual marketplace, except for Blue Cross. So they're really the individual marketplace giant across the country, uh, unless you have specific localized carriers. So insurance is very specific, very demographic when it comes to the state that you're in, the county that you're in. Um, There's a lot of of, uh, things to consider and where to go. And so we do have the resources to help your group.
0: Okay so when you said the state so blue states and red states um is it the state that you're that you live in is it the state you're a um resident of which sometimes is the same sometimes it's not is it the state where your like new employer is like what defines that
1: So it's it's really your address the address that you use for the state when you're applying for the insurance it's it's supposed to be your your residence so where you live not where your employer is it's where you live
0: Okay, that makes sense. So I, you know, I went in, when I was thinking about potentially leaving the Navy Reserves and leaving TRICARE, I went in the marketplace and tried to play around with it and understand it. It's, it's awfully confusing, I'll say. Um, Maybe, can you define some of that? Like, I think there's like an open enrollment time and a closed enrollment time and stuff like that that I saw. And then there's really high Mm -hmm. deductible plans and low deductible plans and all kinds of stuff like that in there.
1: There are. So the open enrollment starts November. It started November 1st, and it ends December 15th. The current administration has uh, extended that deadline to January 15th. However, if you wanted to get into the marketplace for a January 1st effective date, you have to enroll by December 15th of this year. If you wanted to wait, you have until January 15th. to enroll for a february 1st effective date we are anticipating that it's going to get extended even farther out but that hasn't been finalized yet
0: so is what so if i left my job on january 16th this is an example right now i can't get any um coverage at the marketplace i have to wait until november of that year to get coverage is that how that works
1: Correct. Unless you have a qualifying event. So qualifying events are uh, life qualifying events that are all associated uh, and it's defined through the IRS. So that would be losing coverage from the employer. Uh, That's a qualifying event. So if you're leaving, your employer March 12th or April 7th, then you've lost coverage. So that does qualify you to go into the marketplace. It's really the people that are uninsured that haven't had any insurance. Those are the ones that that have to really abide by the open enrollment guidelines. The birth of a child, uh, immigration status changes, marriage, adoption of a child. Those are all qualifying events. But if you have any of those occur, you can get into the marketplace prior to or around the open enrollment dates.
0: Okay, so does that does that include uh, like quitting your job or being fired from your job would be a qualifying event?
1: Correct, because you're it's loss of coverage. Mm-hmm. Okay,
0: okay, so that makes sense because I, I was sitting there reading that, going, I have to wait until this window, wouldn't everybody just quit their job on like November 15th then and to get insurance somewhere else? And, and but yeah. I guess COBRA also becomes an option there, like you talked about and, uh, and things like that. So does it, and this is a selfish question, but does that, does that include military uh coverage? I'm assuming it doesn't like you leave the military, you don't get tri- tri-care. tri-care is a totally different animal from what I understand. There is a carryover time that I could continue to get TriCare care uh, when I left, but I mean, I can't get it for 18 months, can I?
1: Uh, that I, I'm not specific in Tricare. Uh, I can tell you that do not leave Tricare. Um, Tricare is one of the best plans. Anything related to the military plans, i, I wouldn't I wouldn't touch it with a ten foot pole. Um, I would stay on that on that train as long as you can.
0: Yeah, um, and if you're in the military right now and thinking about leaving, let's have a conversation because there are a lot of things that are goods and bads and some different structures. I stayed in the reserves. I, I was active duty for fifteen years. Uh, just about almost 15 years. Left active duty, stayed in the reserves. I'm in my 19th year right now. I have about a year and a half left, and I just got another job, so I'm not flying anymore. And it's an admin job, but I don't know. I can't even log into the account to figure out what they gave me. So I got an email yesterday, and I've been trying to get in. It won't let me in. It's driving me nuts. So, um, but I have a year and a half left, and uh, it's it's interesting. So, uh, but healthcare. I would say healthcare, and then pride of wearing the uniform and actually hanging it up with not getting a retired status with a year and a half left, that, that's hard to do. So, um, okay, so for the entrepreneurs out there that, um, so now we have the marketplace we talked about, we talked about this Cobra, you you mentioned this individual plan, like, it, what is, that? is and And why is that, could that be beneficial over jumping into the marketplace?
1: Because individual plans, the individual plans are not, um, they're not slimmed down like the marketplace options. So when you go into the marketplace, there's just a set set of plans and everyone has canned set, set plans. In the individual marketplace, you can say, I want the really rich plan. And, and then you have, you don't have to abide by the um, the open enrollment dates. Sorry about that. You don't, to, you don't have to abide by the open enrollment dates with an individual plan. Uh, but there are some states that do make you abide by it. So again, it's, very, it's extremely state-specific um, as far as when you can and cannot get in. But individual plans have more flexibility and uh, they're just better plans all around. The reason why people would want to go into the marketplace is if they didn't make a very high income at first and they would qualify for a subsidy. So that's why everyone runs to the marketplace bill because they want the subsidy. And Mm -hmm. all that is, is a, you know, it's just, it's just a a way of shifting tax, you know, whatever you're going to get on your tax return, it's a graded scale and they go and they get the subsidy and it helps offset the cost. So it does help. I mean, I have a lot of people that I know that are in, in the um, marketplace currently, and they, it doesn't matter that it, you know, goes on their taxes later and whatever they work out. They like the fact that it covers half of their insurance premium for their family.
0: So is no, all that based on
1: bad.
0: is all that based on uh gross uh, income like a, a adjustable adjusted gross income and because we have we have a lot of real estate investors that have like pay no tax or have a ton of write offs on their tax returns so is that something that you like regardless of whether they make a lot of money their taxable income is actually really really low so um it's, it's interesting based, yep.
1: hmm. mm-hmm. It's all based off of taxable income. So, so that's an option. So if if a lot of your real estate investors are, uh, you know, qualify for the subsidy, then they might want to look at, look at the mandate, uh, not the mandate, the, the exchanges and uh, see if they qualify for a subsidy there.
0: I feel like I wouldn't even want to do that just because like the fact that I have a bunch of write-offs and I actually technically make a lot of money. It just doesn't seem, it seems like, Mm -hmm. you know, i don't know it just doesn't seem right so I, I don't think that would be something that i would do um same thing with getting like the uh um the stipends that we got like all those payments i would get those and just give them back to charity like it's just um right like i got it just because right. i had a kind of write off, not because i i i needed it so um the i guess i would the agree next with question- you yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I think that like taking a, taking a subsidy just because I could not because I, I should, or I deserve it. That's I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, the, then I guess the next question I have is as, so I have a child, uh, James, my middle son, he's had five open heart surgeries. We have massive medical bills. He has, uh, like previous conditions. He has a half a heart. He's got a chromosome anomaly. So he's got some developmental issues, a lot of medical expenses and things like that. Um, and, and what I've been told all the time is like Obamacare is the place to go. The other insurances are going to be way too expensive for us. They're not going to accept us. They can turn us down because of this. Is that true? Um, do you work with any of it those? It is like- true. Okay.
1: Yes, it, it is true. So that's the one. Um, I'm not going to say the one. That That is another reason why, aside from the subsidy, that a lot of Individuals want to go through Obamacare and go through the exchanges because there are no pre-existing conditions that apply if you go outside the exchange. And that's a great question. I'm so glad that you asked me that. If you go outside the exchange for coverage in an individual basis, you are subject to pre-existing conditions. If you go under a group policy, you are not subject to pre-existing conditions. Hmm. So I don't know how many employee I don't know how many employees you have. So let's say you have four employees, five employees, and you wanted to put together a group plan to be able to offer that coverage to your employee base, then you're not subject to pre-existing conditions in that situation. The only place that you're subject to pre-existing conditions is in the individual market.
0: Okay. So what are some, you said that's one of the things that pushes people to the marketplace. What are some of the other things that push people to the marketplace potentially?
1: The the, the subsidy. It's really the subsidy and no pre existing conditions. Those are just the two main things.
0: Okay. So let's talk about. So that's an individual. So an individual is leaving a W 2 job. They're going to be an entrepreneur. They've got Cobra, they've Mm -hmm. got the marketplace, individual plans, talking to folks like you. And then you've got uh, the person who's hiring for somebody to be able to help them through that. What would you give? What kind of advice would you give to somebody who's hiring? is to just like educate them on these, uh, couple different options, or actually I, I feel like always the best for me when I'm hiring is I have somebody that I could recommend and refer them to, but I have to have enough mm-hmm. information to kind of like, uh, allow them to let their guard down a little bit to say, this is not a deal breaker. The fact that I don't, I don't have health insurance as an employer and, um, and go. So is that your advice that you would give to somebody is kind of understand it enough that you could give them a couple different options, try to get them to relax a little bit, and then maybe recommend them to talk to somebody like you where they can go shop some options to see if it makes sense for them?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So I have a lot of small employers that reach out to me and they either want me to look at a group health insurance plan or they want to be able to for recruitment and retention purposes they want to be able to offer their employees something. So uh, ICRA, um, Individual Coverage Through a Health Reimbursement, ICRA just came out this year. um, And what employers do is they can set up an HRA and they can put that money into an account and they can give it to their employees to help pay for their own coverage. So it's a way for them to offset if they wanted to get individual coverage.
0: Okay, you said HRA. I've heard HSA, but I've never heard HRA. So what is that?
1: HRA is a health reimbursement account. So an HSA is a health savings account. An HSA is something that the employee owns that account. The money goes in, it rolls over from year over year. An HRA is a health reimbursement account, and that is owned by the employer. So the employer controls the money that goes in and they can, the employees can take it out. So it's employer owned under an HSA, HRA, HSA is employee owned. That's the biggest difference.
0: Is there a tax benefit to putting money in an HRA as an employer? Is it pre-tax money?
1: There is, it is. You can put pre-tax money into an HRA to help your employees.
0: Huh. Okay.
1: Versus, versus, you know, sometimes people say, why can't I just give my employees $500 and they just go out and get their own insurance? Well, if you do that and it's called a stipend, then you have to tax that money for your employee. If you set it up through an HRA, you can you get tax breaks and you can also give them, um, the employee doesn't have to pay taxes on that HRA money that you're giving them.
0: Okay. I don't know how much tax information you have, but I talk, I talk about the section 125.
1: Not a lot. The
0: cafeteria plan? we can talk about
1: Section 125. We can talk about that, yeah.
0: Okay, so is this, this, like, uh, understanding this cafeteria plan, Section 125, it sounds very similar to that, where um, I'm not paying the 15% uh, FICA on that, and they're not paying that. So is it the same? Like, is that what the HRA is, or is Section 125 separate from this HRA? Section 125
1: is completely separate from the HRA. Mm -hmm
0: okay do you know enough to talk about that because i think it would be beneficial for them to hear from you about um, this cat and i i I taught a class on uh taxes and some of the strategies that they can use and this is one of the things that i brought up so Mm -hmm. i'd be interested to hear a little bit about it from you if you if you know about it
1: so i have um i don't really want to get too deep into a tax discussion because that's outside my expertise Mm -hmm. what i can tell you how a section 125 works is an employer puts a section 125 plan in place and what they do is it helps the employees pay for their premiums on a pre-tax basis. So if I'm an employer and I have 25, 30 employees and they're all paying $300 a month, if I have a section 125 plan in place from an employee perspective, then they're able to pay those premiums on a pre-tax basis.
0: Yeah, it's awesome. From an employee- <laughs> the way I understand it, it's I think it's fantastic if you have Uh, your own in-house plans for uh, medical, dental, vision, some of those things to be able to give your employees a a tax benefit there. And it sounds like in that case, the HRA is probably better for the employer side of the tax benefit from the employer. So I can actually, if I can put in pre-tax money for them for their stipend. And basically if I was going to pay somebody $60,000 a year and I can pay them 55,000 instead, then I can actually offset that money and put it in this uh, HRA account, if they're concerned about having to pay extra from leaving their job to come work with me, then I put that stipend in there for them. So it's basically a wash from leaving their previous employer to a higher deductible plan or a more costly plan is what it sounds like to me.
1: Well, a stipend and an HRA are two completely different things. A stipend is just simply giving them money, and they're taxed on that money, and an HRA is something that's set up, and it's, it's an account, and you have to set it up and make sure it's compliant. We have an entire compliance department, so our compliance team works with our clients to set up any of these accounts to make sure that all the documentation is um, is, is is compliant with all the regulations
0: yeah i shouldn't use the word stipend put it in the account uh and use the hra to instead of paying them a little bit extra like i would have they actually get um get that through an hra so this is interesting stuff i'm learning a ton here this is awesome so um i guess maybe probably the last question i have is um it's kind of daunting to like personally for me i have a company that has 20 people in one of the companies you have another company about six, seven, eight people, something like that. So to set up our own company plan. And it's like, man, this just seems scary. And I, I, I'm sure there's a lot of our Altitude members and other business owners that are listening. They're like, yeah, I actually, have, I'm avoiding bringing that coverage in-house. But I will say a lot of people that come to us, I feel like we lose uh, market share in hiring because we don't have benefits. And it's one of the things that we're working on uh, right now, this quarter, we're kind of looking into that. That's our next step. So um, should it be daunting? Should it be scary? Or should it be easy for this these business owners to set up their, their own health insurance?
1: It shouldn't be daunting, uh, daunting or scary. Um, it's, it's actually quite easy. We just take basic information from the employer. It's a census, and for it, all it is is a census, right? We take a census and then there's a questionnaire involved. And then we take that information and we go out to the market, depending on what state, what county that you're in, go out to market and then come back with all the proposals. And that's where the consultation piece comes in because we'll talk through, I talk through all of the various plans and the various options. And then we talk about budget, right? So what type of plan do you want to offer? Most employers want to offer a low plan and a high plan because they want a low plan for uh, employer contribution to, to set their contribution a little bit lower. And then they want to have a buy-up plan. They want a richer plan for those employees that come in and say, I want to pay more money because I only want to pay $10 when I have to go to the doctor. Or I don't want to have to worry about having a high deductible. So um, that's, it's, it's not a scary thing at all. And there's no commitment in having someone just put together a proposal for you. So that's, it's, it's not scary. I think people will get scared because they don't want to take on the additional cost. And that's where the scary part is.
0: And what I, I know it's a, there's probably like a huge range in this, but like, what is a typical like small business, 10 people, 15 people? Like, is it costing the business owner hundreds of thousands of dollars, or is it costing the business owner just like a couple thousand dollars a month or something like that?
1: Uh, I just talked to, I have a, um, I insure a lot of various um, pizza uh, pizza uh, franchise owners, and I'm not going to say their name, but um, it costs them, I'm looking at a plan right now, and there's uh, a few people that are on their plan, and it's about $50,000 a year, and that's covering three people is okay. what they pay. $50,000 a year. And that's without employee or employer. That's without cost share. That's total premium.
0: Oh, okay. So, and a lot of times they're cost sharing that with like, the employees are paying into their plan at, and, and that's pretty yeah. typical anywhere you work. It's not a hundred percent coverage. Uh, they're paying into their plan just at a, a, a subsidized is not the right word, but it's basically sh- shared between the employer and employee. So they, they can adjust right. whatever it's percentage cost- they want there.
1: Right, and that and that's a, that's an employer that has zero deductible um, uh, for individual and family. They have a very rich plan. It's all copay.
0: Okay, and it, are most of those plans driven on the the owner wanting to have their the benefits that they want for their family? So most people that come to you say, because I would think if I'm going to build a plan, it's going to be around me and my family, and then the benefit will pat- mm-hmm. go down to the employees.
1: It is. Absolutely. It is. Especially in the smaller businesses, they're tired of, uh, you know, not having a lot of options like we talked about or being tied up in the marketplace or not wanting an individual plan. And so really the owners always say, I want a rich plan as a buy-up plan and we're going to pay more money for that. But I also need something that's realistic and affordable for my employees.
0: Mm. Okay. The, I guess I, I realized I said that I didn't have a lot more questions, but they keep coming. The one more that I have is That's that they, okay. the, the most of the people that are inside of the entrepreneurial world. I feel like at least in the real estate world, they have a lot of these cost sharing plans like MetaShare and some of this stuff where they're kind of like, I, the way I understand, it, I haven't done a ton of research on it, but they're basically putting money into a pot and when they need it, they get a check paid for it. So mm-hmm. it's like, they're paying their, monthly membership and then when there's issues they submit it and it's a it's money that comes from lots of different people do you know anything about that and can you talk to that a little bit maybe the the benefit of that and and the the risk of that
1: so i don't have a lot i don't i don't really sell mec plans It's called minimum essential coverage plan uh, and there's all different variations of those what you're saying is they pay a premium and then they get they get reimbursed so they get reimbursed when they use their care.
0: Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I, the names of these uh, companies are this is like Christian Health Ministries, uh, MediShare, some of these uh, group organizations that the way I understand it is they 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 have almost like a, a, a network of people that are paying in premiums. And then if they have a baby, they they have to pay. They're like, OK, I'm going to pay cash for this and then they get their cash bill which is a reduced uh payment they're not negotiating with them on like a typical insurance company will do like tricare that just like takes them to town and the, the mm-hmm. million dollar bill becomes ten thousand dollar bill somehow magically but it's um and it, it, they'll say i'll take the cost the, the cash they send that in and then checks come and they, they basically take money from the pot and then pay it out the way i understand it so i'm not uh, completely up to speed on this stuff, but I know that we have a lot of folks in our world that use these kind of plans, uh, kind of like cost-sharing plans, with tons of other families all around the country.
1: So I'm, I'm not, I don't sell those plans uh, or consult on those plans. I don't. I hate to use the word sell. I didn't mean to say that word. It's a, it's like a bad word in my world. Um, I, I don't have a lot of experience in, in that area. However. I do know that it sounds very similar to, so on my larger groups with uh, some of my clients, uh, there is a a radiology group and the radiology group goes in and negotiates pricing. So if anyone, if I have certain clients, if they're self-funded or if they're not, um, they can go in, and they can. Uh, they've, we've already negotiated an amount for them to have radiology, and so they're paying a cash price for that radiology appointment. So whether it's the MRI, the CAT scan, uh, the PET scan, it's a lower reduced rate. And so that that's the only area that I um, that I know. What you're talking about, as far as like the Christian Alliance and things like that, it sounds more um, like a reference based pricing plan to me, and reference-based pricing is really like the cartel, so I don't like to touch that with a 10-foot pole.
0: (laughs) Okay. Well, um, I I wish I was more educated on it and could talk to it, because um, like, I I know some people that have... You know, like they've had kids they were concerned about some of these larger bills and it gets paid and you know they're paying in you know 500 hundred seven hundred thousand dollars a month those kind of things and I don't know about the deductibles and stuff like that but that's pretty much like the go-to in our world that I've seen that uh, of people that just don't have insurance that are going to that as opposed to going into the marketplace so I'd be so I think that's probably some Some of the people that might contact you after this, when we give out your information, Mm -hmm. that might be what they're wanting to go from and to something else. That's a little bit more, uh, I don't know, maybe more certain, and maybe there's some things that aren't covered. So that's probably the benefit is just, it's, it's more proven. This seems to be a newer thing that's come out probably since Obamacare came into place, I guess. And maybe it's been around for longer. I'm just not that educated on it.
1: If, uh, so what I would do is I would do a comparison. I would look at what their policy says. I mean, I can, I can look at a policy in a few minutes and tell you if it's a good plan, if it's a bad plan. Um, a lot of the reimbursement plans uh, work like the uh, the aflax and the Colonials of the world where you use the coverage and then you get reimbursed. So it sounds like it's sort of a hybrid arrangement there, but um, I'm happy to look at anyone, anyone that has this plan. I'm happy to review their policy and do a comparison for them. All
0: right. Awesome. You know, I, I'm, I'm really happy that we did this. Like, I feel like we've got, you gave me like four or five things that I had no idea was even uh, in the realm of possibility. One was this Cobra, the HRA, um, uh, like, and and it sounds like the first step in all of this, as far as I'm concerned is like just contact Jen, right? Like, and (laughs) let you go to work for me. Um, does it cost me any money mm-hmm. to work with somebody like you? Like it does it cost me as the 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 person who's going to be insured to work with you?
1: no, the only the only way that I make money is if a policy uh, sells. If I wrote a group plan, I work mostly uh, with a group on a group basis, and then I have a partner with an IOA who handles the individual coverages, but everything would would I would help facilitate that. Um, so i'm I'm paid only if a plan is in place. Um, I'm very transparent. There's new laws that are coming out in January where brokers have to disclose exactly how much money they make. I've been doing that for years. Uh, I have no problem letting my clients know uh, what I'm worth and uh, what I make on their account. So it doesn't cost anything to have a discussion with me. It doesn't cost anything for us to be able to put together proposals for you. We don't get paid until uh, a policy is actually purchased.
0: And if I if I do purchase a policy through you, do you get paid by the insurance company or by me?
1: I get paid by the insurance company. So what happens is is all these policies already have a percentage that's in there, written in there for brokers, and so that's already written into all the premiums, regardless of who your broker is. Now the commission can can vary. Uh, we work out, we work for standard commission within the within the carrier realm, so it's nothing uh, egregious.
0: Okay, awesome. Well, that's great. That's great news. So basically, for me, it's free to get an expert. It's free for an expert like you to basically uh, hold my hand through the process, go out to the marketplace and uh, to the individual coverage or the group coverage to get me a whole laundry list of options that I never would have even found on my own, and then bring it back to the table and say, hey, here's what we got. And then also work with me through some of my like questions that I have. Well, if this then that uh, what do i want and you ask the appropriate questions to find the perfect plan so because i'll tell you when i was in that marketplace like i felt very alone i felt very confused and i basically was like okay i don't understand this i'm just closing the browser window and i'm going to go watch cat videos or something so it's um i think that's something that would be very beneficial to the folks in our audience and that are trying to make a switch or even seeing if that's, uh, if that's their best next step and, and to get some advice, like a true partner, like you said in the beginning, right?
1: Mm-hmm, absolutely.
0: Okay, so how can, if anybody that's listening that wants to reach out to you to take that first step, how do they get a hold of you?
1: They can email me at Jennifer, J E N N I F E R dot botting, B O T T I N G, at I O A U S A dot com. And then my direct line is three, eight, six, six, nine, zero one, six, one, six. And I'll share all my contact information with you after the call uh, website, everything. So you can post it out to your group if you would like.
0: Okay. Awesome. We'll put that in the show notes. Jennifer at IO a USA.com. Did I get that right? You did.
1: You did okay. we love America.
0: <laughs> That's right. And, uh, <laughs> And I didn't, uh, I didn't capture the number, but we'll put in the show notes and we'll put the website in the show notes and everything like that, and in the email. If you're not on our email list, you can go to sevenfigureflipping.com, join our email list. If you listen to the podcast and you're not getting the actual write-up on the podcast, the stories that we tell, the highlights, all that stuff, all the extra content that we give out, you're missing out. You're missing it, man. Get on there. Uh, so go to sevenfigureflipping.com, check us out. Jennifer, like seriously, this was amazing. Uh, I'm. I'm, uh, oh, this is, this is gold right here. So I think that what it did for me was it just kind of like remove the, uh, I'm, I mean, I'm still like overly confused with insurance and I think I always will be, but to have a, like a friend and a partner that's going to help me, like I, we're actually going to get off this podcast and I have a few more questions for you. Hopefully you have time because I want to talk through, Absolutely. This, I want to talk to you this group arrangement, association plan, um, a group plan for my company, stuff like that. Cause I think there's Um, there's a lot of things that I I should have been doing this a long time ago and I've been really pushing away from it. And, uh, frankly, because I was covered, I was being a pretty selfish, I think. So I think we can attract more talent, retain more talent, um, and just have a better company if we had these options. Cause, uh, man, my employees would be so happy if we had this. So thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it. And Arthur, I know that you're listening, buddy. Thank you. Thank you for introducing us, Arthur. You're the man. Uh, I will see you guys all on the next podcast. Bye.